Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. I just want to go to the rooftops and scream. I love my best friend. You're listening to the best of the fantasy best friends forever on FNTSY Radio. Going into draft season, people were really high on Jarvis Landry. They thought Josh Gordon had the potential, despite where he was going, to be a wide receiver one. Jarvis Landry playing a little bit of the outside in Cleveland, not where you're used to in the slot. Everyone counts Jarvis Landry out every year, and all he does is put up bonkers numbers every year. Can he do it again now that he's in Cleveland without Corey Coleman? Right, I wouldn't put too much stock into them saying that Jarvis Landry is going to play the outside. Okay. He's not going to change what he's done to make him successful over the course of his career. He's going to be a possession receiver, which sounds ridiculous for a guy with his talent level, but he is. He has one of the best hands in the NFL. They're going to have him going across the middle on drag routes, screen routes. There's going to be a lot of um, bubble screens, especially if, if Mayfield gets the nod, let's say, week four, week five. I think they're going to try to get him comfortable by getting the ball to Jarvis Landry. I think him and Josh Gordon... Are two totally different wide receivers. And the only reason that I'm higher on Josh Gordon today than I am yesterday is because of the news of Corey Coleman and the fact that they're going to reinstate him so he doesn't lose a year in free agency. Sure. Are you buying the Antonio Callaway thing? No. Okay. Leaving it at that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple. I mean, you need to prove it to, to be an NFL player. All right, fair enough. Um, let me get to Sammy Watkins. Last year, traded in the middle of the season out to L.A., has a has a really good year, basically on one play, right? Like the the cut the cut slant from the one yard line, which he scored a ton of touchdowns on. It wasn't the year I think many people expected out of Sammy Watkins, but it was a good year nonetheless, and got him paid most importantly out in Kansas City. You look at air raid offenses; that's what you see now in Kansas City with a ton of weapons from Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, Kareem Hunt behind him, and then the wide receivers of Tyreek Hill and now Sammy Watkins. The question becomes: Given their draft status, Tyreek Hill going earlier than Sammy Watkins. Which one of those wide receivers would you rather have? I'd rather have Tiger Kill for a number of reasons. One, um, he's used to the offense, and they like to get him involved no matter what. Different quarterback, though, entirely. Different offense Under, Understood. Understood. Mahomes does like to stretch the ball. He's, they basically picked Mahomes because he has a better arm than yep. Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Tyreek Hill was eating up balls like over the middle. It's his, his, How many touchdowns did he score on over 30-yard plays? I feel like half of his... I don't know the exact stat, but it's basically half of his touchdowns come off of long plays, and that's what they, they chose Patrick Mahomes over steady Alex Smith for. So that's, I mean, that's a primary reason. But Plus, it's like Sammy, Sammy Watkins Watt, doesn't have that ability. Sure, obviously. but the injury history and, I mean, the rapport with the quarterback, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning Tyreek Hill. Uh, and that's fine, but again, you're, you could lean on Tyreek Hill to like him more than Sammy Watkins, but you have to take in draft cost as well. Like Sammy Watkins doesn't cost you nearly what Tyreek Hill does. You can get Watkins probably two rounds later. Understood. But, Greg, we have to go back to a whole new offensive playbook. Let's be real. It's Andy Reid. He knows what to do with his wide receivers. Go back to the Jerry Macklin, Deshaun Jackson sure. days. But Tyreek Hill's not well, Tyreek Hill's not like Jerry Macklin, obviously. He's much more like Deshaun Jackson. And I get it. You want the ball in Hill's hands. You want him to be able uh, to make plays. That's literally what you have him for. But, again, you're confident taking Tyreek Hill on the 2-3 swing, which is where he's going, essentially. You're confident taking him there. He could be your wide receiver one. He wouldn't be my wide receiver one. 
Let's. I mean, there's. We'll get through the rankings, but he wouldn't be my wide receiver one. But I'm not taking an early round pick on Sammy Watkins. I see the first. Who's already the first eight up, picks have to be rosterable players the entire season. That's the way I I draft. My and you don't think Sammy roster. Watkins will be rosterable all season long? I think that there's a chance with my um, dropping history of players and my short fuse yep. that he can be dropped on my team easily if he. Questionable on a Thursday night, misses practice on a Friday. Well, he's Saturday. already he's already missed couple practices now in training camp. I can't, he's got a, I can't deal I with guys hip like injury. That. Yeah, I can't. I, but you've been known, but like from, obviously we played we've played fantasy football for a long time together. You've obviously been known to take some chances on guys. Okay, l- l- let me ask this then. You don't want Sammy Watkins because of the questionable nature of his injuries and and how he literally every week could be questionable. How do you take the suspended guys into account? They're not playing the first four weeks. You know that. Julian Edelman, Mark Ingram. A stash is different than a guy that's injury-riddled, Greg. Okay. Come on. We know the differences. I understand that. We have bench spots for a certain reason. You obviously have bench, bench spots for depth. you have a bench spot for a guy like Sammy Watkins who could explode. Okay, but I'm not spending an early-round pick on a guy who's already the third, fourth person in his offense. That I'm not, I'm not choosing between Sammy Watkins and somebody else. I'll take somebody with a high ceiling that I know. That is Sammy Watkins with a high ceiling. Okay, yeah, back in the Buffalo days where his hands were amazing and he scored, you know, on Dar- Darrell Rivas twice. But, Greg, those days are over. I under- uh, hold on. Do you know how old he is? Like, you're saying those okay, days but are you're, older. You're, this dude's like 25 you're years old. You're only giving him credit because Sean McVay made him look good on three slant routes. This dude points. is eight months older than Tyreek Hill, for the record. That's actually wild. Yes, he's eight months. A lot of tread on the tires, though. Absolutely, he's been around a long time, but he hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. He was in the same draft as Mike Evans, as Odell Beckham, which I think a lot of people forget. Yeah, and Quincy Nunwa. great guy, awesome. Nah, I just wanted to throw that in there. Appreciate it. I, I get it. It wasn't a strong year for him last year, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs bring him in for a reason. They're, they're giving what they're doing is surrounding Mahomes with weapons. I understand that. Understood. Yeah, I get, I get what they're trying to do with the offense, but you, you asked me Tyree Kill over Sammy Watkins. I I'm comfortable spending a pick on Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is incredible. But you just said you're not com- comfortable making him your number one receiver, right? Sure. Are you comfortable making him your number two I mean, receiver? we play PPR, Greg. I need a guy that's We play half-point catch- PPR. It's a big difference. Is it, though? Yes. It's a half-point on Tyree, every catch. When it comes to Tyree Kill... His value is in the best ball leagues where you, you yes, can deal with the, the higher, lower, you know, games. I'm, I need floors of, you know, my number one wide receiver. All right. So if you're not comfortable with him as your one, are you comfortable with him as a two? Sure. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I'm going to Fantasy Pros right now, uh, looking at Tyreek Hill's ADP, which currently sits at 31. So he's going more middle of the third round. Yeah, so I, you know I like to look at it as tiers, right, Greg? So, I understand, yeah. So if we're looking at number one receivers on a team, there's 0% chance everybody in the league will grab a receiver before I do. My sure. First or second pick will guarantee to be a receiver, Fine. right? You will go, okay. you, somebody, you're saying, so here you are number go, one. You will go running back, running back. Or wide receiver, wide receiver. I never go running back, running back. Okay. I don't think I have in the history of my fantasy career. All right, okay. so let's, let's go through number one receivers I'd be fine with. A.B., Nuke. Julio, OBJ, Michael Thomas, obviously. Keenan Allen, a little bit of injury history, but he's amazing in our format. A.J. Green speaks for himself. Devonta Adams, little bit of a question mark, but he has Aaron Rodgers all year. Uh, Mike Evans, Elon, and Larry. That's the tier. That's, well, that's your tier. I don't, I don't think that's everybody's. It's not my tier, for instance. That's, that's wide receiver ones, in my opinion. What, what player on that list isn't guaranteed to catch four or five balls a game? Listen, or get at least eight targets. Theoretically, I agree. I, I, I do. Uh, but 
Tyreek Hill's not. All those guys, Thielen's the closest, but all those guys are going ahead of Tyreek Hill. I think Thielen, me, Thielen gets bumped in our league because of the PPR aspect. Half point. Let me give you a either or when it comes to Tyreek Hill. Okay. Would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Doug Baldwin, especially given his injury? There's really not a lot of skill position players on Seattle. But he's injured. I really like Doug Baldwin. But he's injured. I know, but I still like him. Okay, that's that's that stash where he's not an injury guy. Right. He just It's a camp thing. He's probably just like a hamstring, nagging. It'll be New fun. offensive coordinator there as well. I'm not worried much about that. Russell Wilson. Brian Schottenheimer's a terrible offensive coordinator. Russell Wilson's incredible. He'll, he'll bump his... Tyreek Hill or T.Y. Hilton? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper? Tyreek Hill. Okay. All right, so you are. It, it does sound like, comparatively to some of these other wide receivers, you're pretty high on him. I mean, yes. he's a, he's a top. Basically, what you're telling me, he's top 15 wide receiver. Yeah. So if you go he's after high, the wide receiver, one, wide receiver yeah, he's high end wide receiver too, in my opinion. All right, so you, all right, so you like him. I mean, I like that, him a lot. Yeah. How can right. you not? There, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of reasons not to like him. You can't. You don't know the consistency. That's why. Yeah, but Greg, if you take boring mm-hmm. players the whole time. You, you gotta have you gotta have some boomer bust in your lineup. You don't. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to. There's many ways to win. Is there? Yes. Show me your team that didn't have a boomer bust player that sure. won a championship. I don't have that in front of me. Obviously, I don't have the example. But there's plenty well, of ways to. Some win. Some of us are prepared for the show, Greg. Oh, <laughs> kid comes in here for 18 minutes. He starts talking trash. Well, you told me how to win a job here, so I'm, I'm trying my best. I, I appreciate that. Um, let's go to the phones before we hit the break. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's go to Sean in New York. What's up, Sean? We have Sean. Sean, do we have Sean? Now we have. What's up, Sean? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to ask a question about uh, the wide receivers. I know on uh, New England, everybody's banged up. Edelman suspended. Gronk has injury history, and the offensive line is terrible. Do you think that there's a chance that Tom Brady falls off this year, especially after being 41? Jeff? I will never discount Tom Brady in any season ever. Um, I don't. I, first of all, Eric Decker is probably the best sleeper pick you can have this season. But I don't look at Gronk as a tight end. I look at him as Brady's favorite receiver. I mean, of course, he has the designation in fantasy, but I, I don't see him dropping off. He's he throws five, six, seven yard passes, completes sixty five percent of his throws every year. We'll talk more about Eric Decker, more about what's going on in New England, and the situation with Tom Brady when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We continue on right after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network, your free fancy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, live with you. This is Jeff Edelman filling in for Frankie today. Solo BFF all week, because they're not here. 
Mike, Mike's gone forever, and Frank's on vacation. So it's just me and a routine. Well, I'm so disappointed, Greg. Are you coming back on Thursday? I'd like to if I'm invited. Let's see how the take. We, we have 40 more minutes to go. We'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so before we hit the break, we all got a call about the Patriots and their wide receiver situation. And you said something really interesting. You said that Eric Decker is one of the best sleepers out there right now. He is somebody that you absolutely love. Why? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm the most biased uh, AFC East fan in the world. And now, first of all, he asked us about Brady dropping off. He didn't ask us about the receiving corpse, per se. So that's why I brought Gronk back into it. And if he's healthy, Tom Brady is going to go. I mean, that's just how it works with, sure. with that Patriots offense. And, I mean, I think they'll use the backs a lot more this year, you know, with Burkhead and um, Sonny Michelle. But just in terms of uh, how Brady operates the offense, I think it's, it's really plug-and-play with any of the receivers so long as they can grasp what, what they're trying to do, which is why Chris Hogan was so good for them for a short period of time. Well, it was longer than a short period of time. It was when he was healthy. Whenever he was out there, he was good. Sure. And Chris Hogan's somebody that Frank and I both love this year, and he's— Flying up draft boards, but you're the one. But if you love Eric Decker, which is say you do, and mm-hmm. not, he's not costing you anything right now in drafts, do you not like Chris Hogan as much as some other people do? No, I think it's just more of a value thing. So if you look at, you know, of course the number one receiver on the Patriots is going to go earlier in drafts than number three or number four. But the fact that they cut Malcolm Mitchell today just shows that the well, Eric he's Decker not he's not healthy. Yeah, but. I mean, he won a Super Bowl in New England. I guess. What is that? Everyone was. No, I know. What have you done for me lately? Right. But just the fact that they saw Eric Decker in the workout is okay. He's going to be our guy now. Well, Decker on the depth chart released, and you know Belichick and, and McDaniel's, McDaniel's are going to play games with, their, with the depth chart already ahead of Kenny Britt on the depth chart, which I kind of found interesting. Um, but you have Chris Hogan, who's going to play the Chris Hogan role, and I think there's every reason to like him. I'm going to ask you, ask you what you think about him in a second, or where he should go in a second. But immediately before the show. People talking about Cordero Patterson there. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy's on the team. forgot he's on the team. You forget Kenny Britt's on the team. You talk about Gronk being Brady's favorite receiver, and that's true, obviously. We're going to get to Chris Hogan in a second. Is there anyone else that you, like what Patriot you want? You like Decker, but he doesn't cost you anything. Is there anything, anyone, any other Patriot you want to go out and get? Yeah, Rex Burkhead will be on every single one of my teams, just like he was last year. I think he's a perfect plug-and-play RB2. He'll get the catches that he needs to catch. He'll, He'll get the red zone work just because... Belichick loves him. So Burkhead's somebody that you just believe that, hey, I can start a draft with a running back, wide receiver, whatever, and then fill the wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, because you know you can get a guy like Burkhead late. Yeah, Burkhead's like my fifth-round pick where it's basically just he goes in that slot, and he may not be my my best running back come the end of the year with all the pickups and stuff, but he's so dependable every week. You'll be able to, as you say, plug and play him at some point. Right. Okay. Uh, Where are you taking Chris Hogan? He's, he's shot I mean, up to the early. You mentioned yeah, it's a, he's shot up to the early. It's a tough question. Now. I I don't think his floor is what everybody thinks it is. Okay. I mean, I love Chris Hogan. Me and uh, me and the fantasy exec got into it a couple of Super Bowls ago when I said he was going to have eleven catches and he had what seven and yeah. like a couple of touchdowns and almost won MVP. You guys got into it last year as well about Chris Hogan, if I remember correctly. You, right. You called you called Corey out and Corey, Corey and I. Well, you called into the show, the Roto Experts, and Corey and I laughed at you and, and Hogan was great. Because I, I feel like every off season there's this vendetta against the Patriots. Obviously, they cheat. They find a way to to get everything right. done. That they want to, but at the end of the look, I'm not drafting Chris Hogan for the first four weeks of the season. I know Edelman will be back. I know he'll be Brady's guy, and I I believe that much in Decker. Where who knows what the what the run what the wide receiver snap counts will be come weeks seven, eight, and nine. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Um, you mentioned Rex Burkhead, and it's funny because the Patriots running backs in general last year at a certain point all season, 
Every one of them are ownable. At the beginning of the year, it was Mike Gillisley who was actually scoring touchdowns. Then it became Rex Burkhead. Burkhead gets hurt. They go to the James White, and they just kept throwing it off the James White. And then Deion Lewis, who was fourth string coming into the year, became somebody you had to start every week. Deion Lewis lasted all year in that position. Lewis now heads to Tennessee. Are you still in on Deion Lewis? I mean, I'm not a, as much of a believer in that Tennessee offense as a lot of other people. Okay. And I, I don't like the timeshare there. So right. I'm, I'm not necessarily going out and getting him. But I think there's, there's still value in Deion Lewis. Is there a running back, going back to New England for a second, is there a running back in New England not named Rex Burkhead that you would draft, including Sonny Michelle? I would probably take a flyer on Michelle, only because the, the Patriots don't you know, take a first-round pick and, and not utilize that player. Well, we so people have brought that up before, and then like Lawrence Maroney was also a first-round pick, and they didn't necessarily utilize him in his rookie year. I mean, Lawrence Maroney was... I mean, he had 1,000-yard seasons for the Patriots. I understand that, but, you, but in his rookie year, he wasn't. Okay, maybe it took him longer to get up to speed. Sure, but it could. But Sonny Michelle being out for a lot of training camp could have the same effect. Yeah. yeah, and he has fumbling issues as well. Exactly, and that's going to kill, him, kill you in a Belichick offense. Sure. Okay, so you're not probably not. I just that. think he's one of the the highest skill players on the Patriots. My question is, I'm keeping David Johnson in the first round as the ninth overall pick. So I'm wondering, do I go wide receiver heavy after that, or do I pick up another stud running back in the second round? So I think the answer is 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 obvious. It's probably not what you want to hear, but you should just take the best player available. I mean, having David Johnson at nine, about five consensus spots, four or five away from where he's projected to go, it's helpful. I don't think it totally changes your your draft, but I think it's helpful. And I think you're going to take the best player available um, at that spot, whether it's a running back or it's a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't want you to overthink this, but when it comes to family, it makes it seem like it's easier to grab people from free agency. Right. And in that case, I think running backs are easier to grab. So okay. if you're already starting with David Johnson in a great draft position, I would go wide receiver heavy. Again, this is case by case. Lance Davis asks, half-point PPR, who do you like more, Devontae Freeman or Christian McCaffrey? I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan. They already told him that he want, they want him to touch the ball three, what is it, 300 times this year? Are you buying that? No, we, had a, we did a whole show on this. I mean, look, I think they're going to try to give Cam as much help as he can, you know, dumping the ball off because I don't think they want him to take the hits this year. Um, so I like Christian McCaffrey. You like over Devontae Freeman? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always a Tevin Coleman guy in that offense. I think he, he makes our offense go. I think Devontae Freeman was more like he, was, he scored a ton of rushing touchdowns, so he got bumped up, but... I like Tevin Coleman there. Interesting. I'm a Devontae Freeman guy. I would choose Freeman over McCaffrey. I know we did a whole show on this, but who could be, who has the next potential to be the uh, most likely the Todd Gurley of 2018? Uh, and we were kind of consensus on Freeman. I like McCaffrey. But the problem is, Jeffy, you, you know McCaffrey's not going to get a single goal line carry. He had zero last year. That's fine. Is it? Not yes. one. Greg, the, the days of having a Jerome Bettis on your fantasy team are over. That's not true. It's... How many goal line carries did Carolina have as an offense last year? That's like, I don't have that in front of me. I could, all I can tell you is that Jonathan Stewart was fourth in the NFL in goal line carries. Okay, and who's taking over that role for Carolina this year? C.J. Anderson. You wanted me to say Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, okay, so I always go back. I was watching highlights of the Rose Bowl back when um, Reggie Bush and who? who uh, Lendo White. White. Huh? Okay, and they had Reggie Bush on the sidelines. Right. Every coach saw that play. Right. They're never going to let their good skill position they running back. They still do, to, though. It's crazy. Greg, but they, I'm telling you, they don't let the linebacker stack the box against Cam Newton anymore. It's a different NFL. It is. I, I agree. And I love Christian McCaffrey. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't. 
I just like Devontae Freeman more. Because I think he has the ability to do everything. Okay. Not like no, fighting with I, you and Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I get that. I got that point about Devontae Freeman and how he's going to get carries. Sure. And he may get goal line carries. But I'm not going to choose between the two because Devontae Freeman may get a one-yard touchdown. Yeah, that, that's fine. Um, Jeremy asks us in our YouTube chat... Pick one of these three. Your boy Larry Fitzgerald, T.Y. Hilton, or Juju. I guess it's easy. It's Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I love Larry. I've love, always loved Larry. Doesn't matter. New quarterback. No. Okay. I mean, he's, he's all reliable. He's literally the greatest fantasy player of all time. In my, in my lifetime. He's, he's top 10 every year. We're, look at his wide receiver finishes every single season. Danny Tomlinson is probably better. Yeah, he was. A, so is Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes. Okay, but <laughs> all right. But Danny Tomlinson was a good one. I was at that check game that he scored three touchdowns. That was, was terrible. Uh, our buddy Strong Style Ninja asks, well, me, but I'll ask it to you. Um, would you like a start of Melvin Gordon? Like, we talked about Saquon Barkley and Odell. What if he did it with the Chargers? Well, a lot of people are in on their offense this year. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. I'm a big Melvin Gordon fan. Um, I think he gets the volume no matter what. I don't think there's any room for concern there. And I, I've always loved Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen, so long so as he's healthy, is one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL. So that's an offense you're comfortable doing that with? 100%. Okay. That was, I mean, that was something that you kind of spoke out about. No, I like to diversify, but again, Greg, best player available is number one on my list. All right. Eddie asked a really interesting question for you. I know you're a big college football fan. Sure. Yahoo getting into college football. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play college football? Are you going to play fantasy football, college football? Which Yahoo I have, I have not done a fantasy football, college football league. Well, I think brand, that would be it's, fun, it's, though. It's basically brand new. So I actually, I have a league. Would you like to be in it? Sure. All right. There you go. How do they reduce, like, I guess you can pick up. I haven't actually looked at it yet. Yeah, I need to know how it works before I play. Like well, you just sign up because you can have a player from like University of Louisville Lafayette that it's like three three thousand all purpose yards. Well, that's right. probably who you should have. That's no, how it but, works. but like I don't know all of those guys. Neither do I. But you're going to learn about it. Sure. That's that's, sure. that's what it's all about. Uh, Brian asks: Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, or Leonard Fournette for you? So you said the thing about um, who's going to be this year's. Yes, um, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Everyone, you're saying Dalvin Cook. I no, I'm saying it's Kareem Hunt. So I don't think Kareem, so I don't think that's fair. I think Kareem Hunt already is going in the first round. It's like Todd Gurley okay. wasn't last year, even though fair it already, already okay. happened to. Right, but mostly Todd Gurley went okay. in the second. But I think people are are doubting Kareem Hunt because he had those you know the beginning splash into the season and sort of fell off. I think Andy Reid's going to know that, and I think he's going to help out Patrick Mahomes a lot more this year. I mean, look. Dalvin Cook's awesome. I think the ACL surgeries now with the little incision that they do, I don't think it's that big of a deal. That wouldn't concern me at all. I'm just very high on Kareem Hunt this year. I completely agree. 1,000%. I love Kareem Hunt this year. Final question before we hit the break, and we'll get into slotting afterwards. Um, in the fifth round, I mentioned that was a spot for Sammy. That was a, potentially a spot for Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Who were some other receivers going by there? We were asked by DFS Domination. Uh, Devin DeFunches and Emmanuel Sanders. Rank those three for me. Funches, Sanders, Watkins. Oh, boy. Um, you convinced me on Watkins, Greg. I, I do like Sanders, not to the extent that I like Watkins, just because of the Kansas City high-octane offense. Yeah, Sanders is safe, though. You talk about safety. I know you don't like boring dudes. Yeah. There could be just one running back that I like left at 11, and I don't, I don't say who it is. I, don't, I mean, you said who it is. I care. Like, to me, like, maybe Melvin Gordon is the one that falls. And I love Melvin Gordon. I love him too. And I, and I would be upset that if I happen to have a 12, and I, I believe Melvin Gordon, and I've said this on the air before, I believe Melvin Gordon is closer to that Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley tier than he is Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook tier. And because of that, I want to make sure I get Melvin Gordon. So to have that 11th pick, Gary, oh, 
could potentially guarantee me him. If it doesn't, if he goes with the running backs, that means I'm going to get either DeAndre Hopkins or an Odell Beckham. And if I, and if I took 12 and let one of them go, I'd be really upset with myself. Right. So uh, that's ultimately why I had chosen 11 over 12. I had the 11th pick in Can you explain something to me, Greg? Yeah. What is the allure of having the turnaround pick at 12 or at 1? I don't really see the benefit of having two picks at the same time. It's I agree just- with you. Oh, it's just, I, I, it's just I, somebody's like mental, like oh, I don't have to pick between two players. I don't know what it, you know. It's a really good question. Um, I get the allure of, of picking one if you can have it because it's the first overall pick. You get right. the best player. Mm-hmm. The twelve, I don't, I don't get so much. To me, whenever I've been asked this question in the future, and it's been in the past rather, and it's been years and years and years of asking, where do you like to pick in a draft? My answer is always the same. It's always six because you're in the middle. You're in the middle of the draft. Yeah, one pick every twelve picks. You're not going to get caught in a run. Right. When you're at the ends. If I love a guy, and I'll use Chris Hogan as an example because we've been talking about him a lot. If I love Chris Hogan in the fourth, I'm going to have to take him because there's a very good chance by the time my fifth round pick comes back, he's not going to be there. Right. And, and it's, it's very frustrating. I don't have to do that. Like if I have the sixth pick, maybe I'll get him in the fifth round. I don't know. And I like our offline draft format where there have been a lot of trades recently. And, yes. And when you have draft capital in the middle of the draft, you're closer to that pick if there's a guy that you want that you think will go you have a better chance of trading for that pick if the person only has to move down five slots, seven slots to get him instead of a, a whole nother 12. Exactly. If it, there's, there's always a point in the draft, and I always recommend an offline draft so you can do this. There's always that point in the draft where someone at the end picks one through three or picks 10 through 12. They don't like the board. For whatever reason, they don't like the players on the board. Hey, can I trade down? When you're in that six, seven, eight range, you're only jumping down four or five picks. They're much more interested in doing that than jumping down nine, ten picks because it's a huge, huge difference. It really is helpful to be right in the middle. Yeah, and, and one thing I always like to say is just, just as they do with the scouts in the real NFL, people are more likely to stick to the rankings than not stick to the rankings. So I agree. if you see somebody falling, go out and get him if it's somebody you really want because somebody will scoop him just because he's ranked that high. I, I, I completely agree with that. People um, that don't have the Rotowax exclusive edge package, um, they, they, or even if you do, you're stuck to your rankings, and you shouldn't be. Like, rankings are whatever. That's why Jeff makes tiers. That's why I make tiers, and I live and die by that. I don't, I don't make a player ranking 1 to 100. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just the rankings of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and that's it. Right. No, but it is good to know if you're getting closer to the end of your tier, then you can sort of cross-reference that to your rankings to see, is he in the next 12 picks where you would have to go out and get him? So today, we bring in a guest BFF. Guest BFF, say hello to the people. I am never a guest BFF, Greggy. <laughs> I am always your fantasy best friend forever. Welcome back to the program a week after we left. It's Mike Florio. Mikey, you were supposed to come in today, man. I know, man. I'm sorry for the poor video quality. It looks a lot better. It looks great. I see. It looks great. Oh, okay. Then good. But... Yeah, I was supposed to come in. The moving company was supposed to be here yesterday. Uh, they're going to be here within during this show. So at some <laughs> point, I'm just going to have to stop talking and let them in. I hope uh, not. Behind me is is all like the stuff that I'm moving. You can see all that. So, yeah, tomorrow morning, my flight out to L.A., and, and it's the first time I ever bought a one-way ticket. Wow. Is your girlfriend going with you? Not immediately. Ooh, so, yes. so that was the verdict. You, not immediately. Yeah, she'll be out there, but uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, all right. Fair enough. 
Uh, everyone in, in our YouTube chat, everybody listening live, all the watchers, they're happy you're back, man. And I also, if you noticed, you, you probably can't, because um, I'm at this angle, not over there. Um, go to the shoe shot. I put the old BFFs logo up, Florio, uh, because oh, you're here, you know? There it is. The old BFFs logo with three of us, because you're back. So, I mean, I'm a fan of the, the new logo. It's cool. Uh, I've, I've checked out the show. I've listened to your guys' new songs. Uh, I will say, though, I think the old logo is better. Because <laughs> you're uh, silhouettes do, in do, it. Do, 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 do will forever be the BFF song. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, Flora, you haven't been on the radio in a couple of weeks. What's, uh, what's on your mind, man? Uh, Football-wise or life-wise? Both, man. This is your platform. I know you don't, you're not going to have this opportunity often. Come on, Greggy. I, I told you I'm, I'm down to Skype in whenever I'm available. This is the first time you've asked me, and I said yes. Correct. Uh, you know, football-wise, not a lot has really changed since the last time I was there. It's been a week. Right. Uh, Life-wise, it's just this move has been taking over. So I, that's that. I, I see the title is Do You Care About the Preseason? Not really. I didn't watch uh, too much of the Hall of Fame game. I wanted to, but I was busy that night. But Preseason, uh, I think a lot of it is is coach talk and hype, and I know you agree. Well, I I completely agree, and and my answer, my very simple answer to that question was was no. But I think there's there's qualifications with that, right? Like Florio, you've always told me that you look out for certain things. For me, like I pretty much like disregard everything. Um, but when it came to spring training and it comes to the preseason, you haven't felt like that, right? Like you you haven't been like that like are you looking for a guy like Odell Beckham to play because he says he's healthy are you looking for him to be out there and seeing what he does or are you like listen it's Odell Beckham I don't care yeah I'm like it's Odell Beckham I don't care I have him ranked third and receiver technically in my tier two because to me tier one is just uh Brown and D-Hop but yes I have Beckham there I think he's a first first round pick uh in fact to me a lot of the times there's guys that I like that I don't want to perform well in preseason, like, sure. you know, I kind of, I like Amari Cooper. Yep. But Amari Cooper goes out and puts up 100 yards, you know, in, in the first game, in like week three of the preseason when he's going to play a lot. His price is going to increase. And then come when I'm doing my home league drafts and stuff, I'm going to have to pay a higher price. So I don't like that. And my best example of that is Emmanuel Sanders' first year with the Denver Broncos. I really liked him. I wrote about him for the Roto Experts package, stuff like that. He had a really big preseason. His price went up. Like, come the end of August, you were having to spend a fourth-round pick, where before that, I think I was getting him in, like, the seventh round. So I kind of like to see guys I like not perform well. I like it. I, I, I like the take. And you mentioned that DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Antonio Brown, make up your Tier 1 for wide receivers. Uh, you'll be happy to know, and I, I know you found this out last night, and I'm letting everybody else know now, uh, my rankings are done. They are complete. They are ready to go. They are color-coded and ready. The tiers are done. Yeah, and I was shocked to hear how late you have <laughs> Lamar Miller. But you know why? Because Lamar Miller sucks. That's why. Yeah, we owned him last year, and it wasn't fun. It's terrible. I currently, I currently have him 28th in PPR, and after hearing where you have him, I was like, maybe I got to lower him a little bit more. No, so how I do my rankings, and I'm going to be completely transparent and honest with everybody. I take the composite fantasy pros, I put them in a spreadsheet, and then I just move them around based on how I like a guy. And that's pretty much it. And I really don't like Lamar Miller. So I was going down the running backs, like all the guys that I would rather have than Lamar Miller. I lied. He's not 41. He's 42 now. I moved him down. Oh, again. God. Who, who moved ahead of him? Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. 
Really? Yeah. Dude, Lamar Miller sucks. Like, Who I, are some other guys that you have ahead of Lamar Miller? <laughs> you want to hear? I, I very much want to hear. Okay. Uh, Frank Gore I have ahead of Lamar Miller. You, really? Yeah, dude. Why? Yeah, dude. Lamar Miller. Okay. And I have a question for you as well for, uh, regarding the receivers. Not many people, I think you guys, either you mentioned it or someone on the show before you mentioned uh, Cameron Meredith. Yep. Meredith, to me, no one's been talking about the guy. Like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, over there with Drew Brees. Like, come on. Well, so, so I appreciate the call. Nobody's I, been talking about the guy. Cameron Cam- Meredith, the, the thing with him, he's another one of these guys, Flurry, you have to ask the question, does preseason matter? They released Brandon Coleman. Willie Sneed's now in Baltimore. You have Ted Ginn there, sure. But Cam Meredith is a guy that, may walk right into the number two wide receiver role in New Orleans. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is there as well. But Cam Meredith coming back. But he also has an ACL injury. So, new offense, recovering from the knee injury. A lot of question marks from Cam Meredith. Are you looking for him in the preseason? Yeah, he is a guy I will be keeping an eye on. I have him currently ranked as a wide receiver four. And I think that's fair. Um, He could certainly be the wide receiver two on this team. I actually read somewhere that Coleman outsnapped uh, everyone but Michael Thomas at the wide receiver position last season. So I think those those snaps and targets are available. I think Ted Ginn, I know he kind of played above uh, differently than we've ever seen him last year. He had a career-high catch rate and stuff like that. But I think he is who he is. He is a guy you want to put on the outside, stretch the field. You can put Cam Meredith in the slot at times. I know you, you move everyone around. And they move everyone around in New Orleans. But... I, I do like Cam Meredith as a wide receiver four right now. He is, though, one of these guys that I think is a darling of the fantasy community. And if he does anything in preseason, he is going to rise. Yeah, Cam Meredith. The New Orleans offense in general are darlings of the fantasy community. So you expect anyone that pops off in the preseason to rise. Now, how much Drew Brees will we get in the preseason? I think that's a question that we're not going to be able to answer. And because of that, we're not going to really know what this offense is. Um, but Cam Meredith is certainly somebody that could be on the rise. I want to go to Stephen in Massachusetts. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Greggy. What's up, my man? How are you, man? What's up? I'm doing all right. Uh, I had a question. It was about uh, Eric Decker. Uh, I know that the guy, uh, a lot of the guys, they liked uh, Jordan Matthews at like late because of that uh, slot role. But now Eric Decker's there, and I, I think they said that he, it's not sure that he might might not even crack crack like the team. But if he does, are you are you looking at him as like a late round flyer guy as, as like a part of the slot role? Now, now, Steve, we we we, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show with Decker in the slot. He was listed top of the depth chart in that slot role. You know, Chris Hogan's a starter. You don't know who the other one is, from Kenny Britt to Cordaro Patterson to Eric Decker. Who's going to fill this role with Julian Edelman gone? Now, it could be Decker, but Decker also may not make the team. He only has $75,000 guaranteed to his contract, which is very, very little uh, for the New England Patriots. Will I take a right labor out of flyer that, on him? Sure. Uh, that doesn't cost you anything. Do I expect him to all of a sudden uh, really stand out? Probably not. Floria? I agree with you. Late-round flyer. And it's weird to say this about a guy who has one touchdown, who had one touchdown all of last season. I think he will be most used in the red zone. Uh, he has always shown the ability to be a solid red zone receiver. Remember, just it was now three years ago, but in 13 games that year, with, uh, I'm sorry, 15 games with the Jets, he scored 12 touchdowns. 
And him and Brandon Marshall were doing a lot of that damage inside the 20. He led the league in red zone targets, if I'm not mistaken, that year. I didn't fact check that. That was three seasons ago. But yeah, sure. he, he's always one of those heavily targeted guys in the red zone. And to me, if, if that is the role he's being using, that hurts Chris Hogan. Right. Oh, that's for sure. That's one of the reasons you probably don't have Chris Hogan as high as everybody else. Hey, guys. Uh, good talking to you. Hey, Mike, uh, good luck in your future, man. He appreciates right. it, man. He actually, uh, the movers have arrived, such as you and I, Bill. Oh, okay. Uh, I got to keep a question. I'm in a, a live draft uh, a PPR. I have the, uh, you can keep two guys. Okay. I have Adams at four, mm-hmm. which I'm definitely going to keep. Uh, I have Henry at five. Okay. Which that's my big question. All right. I have Luck at eight. I have uh, Shepard at 10 or Matthews at 11. So really, it's basically between Derek Henry in the fifth or Andrew Luck in the eighth, right? right? This is what we're deciding between? Because yeah, you're obviously that's what I'm. Yeah, because you're obviously value at at five in a keeperly where, uh, let me give you, uh, Gordon is gone, Lewis is gone. I don't have any choice for that. Yeah, you know I think it's it's obviously tough uh, to me. It, it, it's Henry in the fifth or Luck in the eighth. The problem is it's it's probably where both these guys are going. Like, there's not really value in, in, in keeping Derrick Henry in the fifth round, uh, and there's not really value in drafting Andrew Luck or keeping Andrew Luck in the eighth, um, just because that's where they're going, you know? And I, I know you want to lock into two running backs and, and have that done um, and forgotten about, but I kind of am leaning toward Luck in the eighth, I think. I believe... When do you have to lock in your keepers, Bill? Uh, probably... Uh... A week before we we draft August twenty fourth, so probably that week. Uh, so about so about ten days from now. Yeah, about ten days from now. One day I got the I have the tenth pick. Okay. So I'm gonna get. I'm probably looking at Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Julio, maybe Beckham. And you play. And you play, you you, you, uh, you play with the flex, right? Yes, two wide receivers, two running backs, one flex. I want to get the closer's thoughts on this. Chris Venture joins the program uh, right now. What would you do, Chris? Would you keep Andrew Luck in the eighth, or would you keep Derrick Henry in the fifth? It's a good question, um, and it's a close one. But I think because of how deep quarterback is, and you might even be able to get Andrew Luck maybe a little bit later than the eighth, I think I like Henry in the fifth. I'm also big on Henry this year. Uh, I know that's about his value, but you got to keep somebody, right? Uh, I would keep Henry and have those two running backs. You won't have to worry about it in the early rounds in your draft. So I think, I think that's obviously a fair point, too. My only thing is Andrew Luck, if he is deemed healthy in the preseason and he looks amazing, you know he's going to rise on draft boards. And being that it's not an expert league, I think the quarterbacks will go a little bit earlier. To me, to lock up Andrew Luck in the eighth, that means you're going to have your fifth-round pick. You'll see who else is out there in the fifth. When If you keep Adams in the fourth and Henry in the fifth, you don't pick for, like, tw- 36 picks potentially because you're picking 11th. You don't pick for a really long time in that middle of the draft, and that would scare me a little bit, Bill. It's true. Yeah, yeah, I see. I yeah, I hear you there. I just got one thing. Am I going to get a running back in the fifth? It's the end of the fifth round. Yep. Because I have the tenth pick, so it's the bottom end. Yep. Am I going to get a running back if I want to or a receiver in the fifth round that has value that Henry has? He's the starter. 
and I know he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but you know this is his first chance. He could he could really take off. Well, he's not going to catch passes, and I appreciate the call, Bill. Um, he, he's not going to catch passes with Zion Lewis there. And and as we both said, like Derrick Henry's value is in the fifth round. Like I like Derrick Henry. Chris Ventura likes Derrick Henry. Um, he's good, and I think he's going to have a nice year. But I don't think there's any value in keeping him there. And I'd rather have my pick and rather have that choice of drafting a running back or drafting a wide receiver and giving yourselves options. Chris, in the draft, it's really just all about options and being able to go in different directions depending on how the draft flows. That would scare me, keeping a fourth and a fifth rounder and not having a pick in between three and six. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, then you got your first, your second, and third. You got to make really solid picks right there and make sure you have your roster pretty much your core guys at that point because you don't have a fourth and a fifth. Uh, and I understand that. So you got luck in the eighth. You don't have to worry about quarterback. You don't have to think about it. Uh, and then you got options fifth, in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. I think it's all about, yeah, just grabbing value where you can, where you could get the best value possible. And the f- funny thing about this question is is that the values are about right for what the, where these guys are going. So it's hard to choose. Uh, the only reason why I say it is because someone might, in, because it's not an expert's draft, someone might just decide to grip Derrick Henry in the fourth round. Somebody might reach on him, somebody who really likes him. So I think you get those two running backs now in the first three rounds, you could go two, two super uh, great wide receivers early on, Oh, well, you got Devontae Adams, actually. I'm sorry. Yep. Devontae Adams. So you could get a nice bell cow in the first round. Sure. You get another great wide receiver in the second, second round. Now you got your two running backs, two wide receivers, and you're solid. You can worry about quarterback later on. Best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside... Uh, nobody. Uh, I am Greg Sussman. Dr. A will join us at the... I was going to say bottom of the hour, but uh, at 2.20-ish to, uh, to chat with all the latest injuries going on in football. I'm going to take your questions throughout because uh, the person I had filling in for Frank today canceled last minute. We're going to have people stop by uh, from the network. I think Corey might stop by. We know Venture may stop by. So we'll have a very fun show today. There are 12 preseason games going on tonight. As Corey was saying a few moments ago, it's not Christmas Day or anything like that. But damn, is it nice to have football back, right? Like, that feeling of there's not going to be a Thursday night for the next six months without football is a pretty damn good feeling. And as I said, 12 games on the schedule. And we, we talked about it earlier this week with Florio. Does the preseason matter? Do you care about the preseason? The best doctor I've ever met. It's Dr. Ray. What's up, Doc? How are you doing, Greg? Everything good? It's a little lonely, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're, only, you're the only one in the studio. It's just me. It's just me and you. <laughs> it's a little lonely. We can talk about anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you want me to put my feet up, we'll talk about anything. You know, I got, <laughs> I got, a, lot, I got a lot to say. <laughs> but, all right. All right. You want to talk, it seems like he wants to talk about football. All right. We'll talk about some football injuries then, Doc, if, that, if that's the case. Uh, let me start Let me start in Green Bay because there's a couple of Green Bay injuries. We've spoken about these guys before, uh, but I was hoping for updates on them. Let me start with Jimmy Graham. Now, Graham, obviously, major knee issues uh, a couple of years back, and it seems like he never fully regained what he lost. He tweaked something in practice over the last couple of days. He's not expected to play uh, in the Green Bay's first preseason game. I assume he'll be fine for the regular season, but is he somebody that we should be worried about all year long when it comes to injuries? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, after his first season, uh, uh, we had inside injuries, you know, sort of put a target on Jimmy Graham uh, to really, really be careful with him. And it's really no different and even worse for this upcoming season. So we're warning everybody again that his injury risk is at 25% and uh, he's at peak health. So what that means is, is that he's recovered from his injuries. Okay. And as you can see, he missed practice with a minor knee injury. Um, and he won't he won't play in the first preseason game. He'll heal from that. These are these minor ticky tack type injuries. And then, um, you know, his injury risk category still remains high based on all of the previous injuries and all of the different sort of metrics and analytics that we have for Jimmy Graham. So he is a classic high risk high reward guy. So if you draft him, it is incredibly important that you have someone that can really go right in and step into those shoes because the likelihood of him playing, you know, all 16 games this season is very, very low and he could play in all 16 games. However, he may play in half the minutes or quarter of the minutes in a lot of those. So again, uh, he, you need a uh, legitimate backup if you're going to, you know, take him as, you know, one of your players on your fantasy team. If you want Jimmy Graham as your top tight end, listen, you know, I have Graham ranked as my, he is my eighth ranked tight end because of that uh, background. But if you're going to draft Jimmy Graham, Dr. A is right. You need to back him up with somebody, uh, some high upside that will be healthy. A guy like Jack Doyle is probably perfect. I don't know if you want to pick two tight ends that close together. Uh, but a guy like Jack Doyle is probably the way you want to go. You know he's going to be out there each and every week, and you know he is reliable. 